This episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast is brought to you by On Point Pomade. Keep your beard and hair looking on point with their line of pomades and beard oils over at onpointpomade.com. Use our code BSP15 at checkout and get 15% off your total purchase order. So thanks again to On Point Pomade for sponsoring our show. This episode is also sponsored by The Bean Bastard Coffee. Head over to TheBeanBastard.com and pick up any one of their delicious hand-roasted coffees. Coffee lovers will also enjoy their hand-cut and handmade espresso candles and soaps as well. If you're in the Buffalo, New York area, head to their store located at 448 Elmwood Avenue. And thanks again to The Bean Bastard for supporting this show. Brutally Speaking Podcast is proudly sponsored by Rockabilia.com. With over 500,000 officially licensed items in their online store, you're guaranteed to find something you need. Use our code BREW and get 10% off your total order. Now on to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast. I am one of your hosts, John, and with me, as always, is Daniel Terry. How are you doing? Tonight? I'm doing. I'm doing good, man. I, I I think I'm losing my voice again. I've gotten sick like 12 times this year, but uh, I'm still here and I'm kicking and I'm I'm doing the thing that we do. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm alive. Yeah, I uh, just got back from Texas, uh, San Antonio to be exact, and I definitely felt like I was catching something. Uh, my second day in, I don't know if it was like the heat and humidity versus being indoors and being in like air conditioned uh, environments, but I definitely felt like I was getting sick. Thankfully, I'm back home and I don't feel that way anymore. Um, and you know what? This episode's guest, Ricky fucking Rackman. That's hey, awesome. Uh, if you are not familiar with Ricky Rackman, uh, he is he was the host of Headbangers Ball. He is the current host of The Ball. Uh, he has a couple of podcasts, the Cat House Hollywood podcast and the Triple R podcast. Um, dude is into a lot of things, racing, metal, hair, metal. I mean, he's just a fucking OG in this scene. And uh, to get the time to talk to him was really cool. Um, I mean, even right out the gate. Uh, he was one of the only people so far that I know has one of the bullets with a uh, Lemmy from Motorhead's ashes in it, and that was yeah, that was cool. that was insane. Um, I don't know how I'd react to something like that if you know, um, especially if he didn't actually know that it was coming. That was the thing. As of the time of us recording this episode, um, we obviously, as you will hear, we got to talk to Ricky. Less than 24 hours from receiving uh, the blue yeah. Lemmy's ashes in it. Since 
uh, we recorded the episode, Fat News has uh, made some publications online and so forth. Um, but yeah, it's still fucking heavy. Um, especially if you didn't know, like obviously as you hear Ricky will say, he had no idea that uh, he was getting Lemmy's ashes. Um, yeah. I don't know how big those bullets are. I don't know how many are going out to whom, but I mean, I got to feel like Ricky's, I mean, honestly, he's got to be within like 10 people who are probably going to get one of those. Yeah. Like, yeah, he didn't say there was a lot. There was only a few of them made. I feel like that would just be such a huge honor. And, you know, like we, we kind of say in the, in the chat, Motorhead is one of those bands that just transcends genres. Like they, if you're into punk, you love Motorhead. If you're into metal, you love Motorhead. If you're an old school metalhead, you love Motorhead. If you like rap and hip hop, you probably love Motorhead. You probably are wearing a Motorhead shirt. Um, it's just one of those bands that they are who they are and people know them from their logo. They know who Lemmy is, the Cocoa Puffs, you know, his two moles on his fucking face. Um, it was, it was really special to, to talk to Ricky about having Lemmy's ashes and basically uh, talking to someone who has them. Cause I, I just feel like that's such a prestigious honor that is beyond comprehensible and, and beyond words even um, to just carry around a fucking icon on your chest at all times um, and to carry him with you throughout the rest of your life is just it's so fucking heavy like to me personally yeah man like it's it sounded like that they had a real relationship there and um, it was kind of a bittersweet part of the conversation but uh, but the rest of it was was a lot of fun um, I liked, I, I'm liking his, his focus on newer bands. Cause like, that's the thing I worry about whenever you've got something like headbangers ball related, or, and I know it's not technically related, but, uh, it, you know, like I, I was kind of expecting it to just be a bunch of like white snake in guns and roses and stuff like that. And he definitely, you know, was like, no, 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 no. I mean, I, he's like, I love all that stuff, but, um, I like other stuff too. And like, I relate to that a lot, you know, when people, because people ask me all the time, they're like, yeah, but what kind of metal is like your favorite? You know, it's just Zayo, right? It's like, well, yeah, like, obviously I love that stuff. But there's this whole other gamut of, of stuff that I listen to regularly that um, that I would want to get out there as well, you know? I think that's the interesting thing. You know, a lot of people probably think of Ricky as being an old school dude who only likes what he came up with. And the fact that he's really championing you know, power trip. He's camp championing code orange. He's championing a lot of these newer bands. Like that has me excited. And that was kind of the, the one thing about starting the ball up again, where I was like, you know, I made a comment. I joined discography discussion. And we've been talking about a lot of like underground metal. And I know people are super elitist about their metal between, you know, oh, this is black and death metal. This is grind. This is whatever. black and grind doom death core. Sure. But like we as a, a subset of music are so uh, beholden to our subsets um, that we are probably one of the most elitist 
sets of you know music fans that there are and for ricky to kind of come out and really want to showcase older bands to newer generation and younger bands to an older generation that's quite an undertaking and i just don't really know that people understand how hard that is like sometimes we go we deal with that because like we're we're talking to people from the older generation like the red beaches and and so forth and you know we're definitely bringing the newer generations on uh, on the show and so forth. And it's one of those like where it's like, it's hard to kind of balance that out because the old heads will be like, dude, the new shit sucks. It's all about what like came before. And yeah. then the new kids are like, dude, the new shit's like the best of everything. Cause like it has a foot, like, you know, especially a power trip has a foot in the old is definitely in the new and then like we'll lead you into the jesus pieces and so forth and, and you know those kind of bands and the knock looses and whatnot and knock loose even has a, a foot in the past as well so it's hard being like you and i i think in our mid-30s where we're like yeah we're definitely nostalgic tinged where we we know where the scene came from but we're also trying to push the scene forward with what we're listening to and what's coming out and the fact that Ricky's got another 20, 30 years on us, no offense to him at all, like for age, but like the fact that he's still trying to do the same, that makes me feel really good about, you know, the fact that that's what he was doing as much as he could back in the day with Headbangers Ball. Yeah, definitely. And I think that like, I think, I think the, the new show has a lot of, I haven't, uh, I think it's debuted already, but I haven't had a chance yeah. to watch it. Um, just because I've been busy doing all this stuff, uh, but uh, but yeah, I'm I'm excited to see the type of variety. I mean, like, because I did something, I did something totally out of character yesterday. Mm. Uh, I turned on to spot, I turned Spotify on, and I put on a playlist of like extreme metal, you know, like something I was still like interested in, uh, and I just listened to bands. And when I heard a song that I liked, I hit the heart button, you know, so I could go back and listen to that band. Uh, I haven't done anything like that in such a long time. Just listen to music for fun. Yeah, I definitely haven't either, given the fact of how this podcast is, where a lot of times we're given albums before they come out. So, like, I spend the time listening to the records before they come out, going through discography discussion. I listen to the records before we do the episodes. So it's just it feels like a constant cycle of homework. Um, and I don't know if people realize that, like, that's what we do for these shows is like we're trying to spend the time with these records and get to know them in and out to talk about them as, as fans talked about them as, as music critics, whether people want to address us as those um, that's what we are. That's what we all are. Um, we just happen to have a platform. Speaking of having a platform though, uh, and not wanting to drag this out even longer. Uh, <laughs> this is my conversation with Ricky Rackman of the ball. We'll talk to you afterwards. camera his camera and then the, the hard camera down the middle i couldn't find a way to sit like where you're not kind of doing one of these like awkward things so i kept making the comment i was like i feel like i'm looking like i have to take a nervous shit because i'm trying to like 
find the grip for my foot so I can set it down, but also not be moving around a whole lot. Right. And make it not noticeable. But, and everyone's like, oh, I didn't even notice it. I was like, oh, I'm going to have to go back and look and see if you just see me doing this. Like, where's that, where's that thing for my foot? Right. But no, Scott's a good dude. He uh, was That's real- a really good. What a nice guy. Super nice dude. I, uh, I didn't, it was funny. I had to drive myself out there and all that. Cause I just love Atlanta. I love spending time in Atlanta and Scott's been a, a good friend since, uh, basically he found my show and then was like, wait, you're going to be down here. Like you should come on and, and do my show. And I was like, okay, I don't really, okay, sure. I don't know what the fuck we're going to talk about, but all right. I, rode my motor- I think I rode my motorcycle. I think I did ride my motorcycle there. Oh yes, I did. I'm sure all the, uh, <laughs> the other people in the neighborhood love that. <laughs> I know I got a lot of looks because he didn't tell me what door to go through. Didn't like he just gave me his gate code and all that. And then the next thing I know, I, I'm like walking through, and it's like it's like myself, my wife, and two of our friends. So essentially strangers, and you know I'm heavily tattooed, just like looking around, like like kind of scoping out the place. And I'm like, oh god, I hope someone doesn't call the cops on me. Right. I don't think it's like that anymore. I hate to say it. Now no, no. And I miss it. I wanted to be the story <laughs> guy. But now I walk in and it's like, oh, that's a nice tattoo. My neighbor did that. Well, I mean, that was probably a stick and poke then, potentially. <laughs> if your neighbor was doing it back in the day. Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of have reservations. Like I just went and got uh, a filler piece on my leg the other day. And I was like, God damn, like this sucks. Like I'm running, I'm really running out of room now. And all that's left are the really shitty parts. And then you're just like, man, I feel like it used to be able to sit for like five, six, seven hours. And it wouldn't be that bad. Now like three hour mark. I'm like, can we be done, please? This hurts. Believe. I mean, the last time I got, I mean, I'm lucky because my girlfriend is like one of the best tattooists around, but I'm, you know, the last time I got tattooed was, was May 8th because everybody was quarantined and because everybody was quarantined, she couldn't work. So I'm like, (laughs) Hey, we're going to get tattooed, you know, because it was, uh, because like, she's always booked. So there's never time for me because I ain't going to pay for my tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) So she got to make money. I don't blame her. Yeah, absolutely. That was how I ended up getting this piece a a couple of, uh, about a week ago was, uh, my, friend's uh house's roof basically had a leak in it and there and the friend of his basically worked for a roofing thing and he's like i can get it all done six grand and i can do it like this weekend and he was like well i did i was gonna go on vacation uh so i guess i'll just leave and go on vacation for a couple of days and i'll work now the week that i was planning on taking off and then i was like hey if you want to do something like what do you want to do like what's something fun you want to do and he's like well kind of want to do this, but like, I don't really want to like charge you a whole lot for it. And then I was like, that's cool. I understand this is a whole like money making thing. So totally get it. An hour, like six hours later, he's like, can you do like Wednesday at this time? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, all right, cool. And then, so I was like, oh, you made all your money, didn't you? And he goes, yeah, now I can do the fun thing. So it's kind of fun when you get to do those things and just yeah. uh, have friends hurt you for hours. But the whole reason you're actually here to talk isn't just to bullshit with me necessarily, but uh, this Saturday, the ball uh, is premiering on March 27th. As of when you're listening to this uh, at 6 PM Pacific time. I always want to say Pacific standard time. And I think that's actually, wrong. I guess we're used to watching it on TV. I don't know. Um, but you know, cause I have to do some Instagram lives and so forth. So I'm used to still saying like West coast time, it's going to be this time. So at 6 PM Pacific time and then 9 PM Eastern time on the give me metal app. Um, uh, you're actually going to do a watch along, which I think is going to be cool and, and live tweeting it or live 
are you gonna be live like on YouTube or the app doing whatever? Do you not? I think I'll just be in a live chat room, but I I could be mistaken. I have no idea. (laughs) I know is I'll be in a minivan driving to everybody's house and eating Cheetos with them. I don't know. I think it's I think it's like a lot. I'm pretty sure it's like a live chat room or something. And I think it's something like that. But it's live and everybody can tell me to fuck off live, which is So something I actually wanted to talk about uh, before we get talking about the ball, just because I think this is a really um, just a monumentous uh, token, basically. Um, you posted that you were one of the the esteemed people to be honored with one of the bullets that had Lemmy's ashes in it. Wow. I mean, tell me what that's like. Cause I mean, I just, I saw the case and I like, I'm kind of getting, sorry, getting goosebumps now, just kind of thinking about it. Cause like, I mean, you want to talk about honor and privilege and, and, and all of the, the, the big words to talk about something like that. And, and you're one of them. Yeah. And there aren't very many. No, um, I've been friends with Lemmy for many, many, many years. I love Lemmy. I respect him. And I guess he respected me. He was one of the, him and his manager, Todd Singerman, would always tell me happy birthday. And I can tell you there's a lot of people that don't tell me happy birthday. <laughs> he always, whenever I needed something, whether it's at the cat house or a birthday party, Motorhead was always there. If I had barbecues, he was there. And he was just always, always there. And he's just, he's just such an incredible person and always was such a good guy. And I've always loved Motorhead. I mean, no matter what phase of music I went through, Motorhead was there. If I'm in high school listening to punk rock, I'm listening to Motorhead. And in my older years, if I'm listening to heavy music, I'm listening to Motorhead. And if I just want to put on some rock and roll, I'm listening to Motorhead. And, you know, he always was so helpful for me in my career, whether it be Headbangers Ball or all the shows at the Cat House. I mean, we on the on the Cat House 30th anniversary, we ended up doing like kind of like a all-star tribute to Motorhead. And we just got a bunch of people to all do Motorhead songs. Hmm. So he'd always been there, always done a lot of nice things. And then I get a phone call that says, you know, because I wasn't able to go to the funeral, which I was really bummed out about. Um, they said, you know, Lemmy's got something for you. It's personal. And uh, I think you'll really like it. We're going to send it to your address. I'm like, okay. So a little bit of time passed and I nothing ever happened. I didn't really know what it was. And then I get a little package day before yesterday and I'm sitting here and I'm opening it up and I'm like, Oh, and then I open it up and it's a little silver bullet that says Lemmy on the side of it. And I, and you know, and I, I was with Leah and I was like, Oh, I guess, you know, this was maybe this was one of Lemmy's bullets, right? Like this, <laughs> he had this in a belt or something like that. And then there's this note and I'm reading it. And I, I just like, like we both got teary eyed. I mean, it, it meant, I have no problem in saying that it made me weep, you know, and it was, it was so touching and so flattering. And, you know, I believe there's a lot of power in that bullet and I'm trying to make it and his ashes are in it. And uh, I have Lemmy with me wherever I go. And I'm currently trying to get it made into a necklace because I'll wear Lemmy everywhere I go. And it was, it was, it's the greatest, it's the greatest gift that I've ever received in my whole life. It was just one of those that when I saw it, like I said, it's just, I know what Lemmy has meant to so many people. I mean, you look at like Triple H and the WWE, you look at so many people from across the world. Like you were just saying, it doesn't matter if you're a punk, if you're a metal dude, if you're into like hip hop, whatever, like everyone has respect for Lemmy and for Motorhead and what they did. They appealed to everybody. 
And so to, like I said, when I saw that you were like the news that broke that people were getting them like friends, close friends and so forth. were. How getting many them. people got them? Well, yeah, well, that was the other thing I was also trying to figure out and looking at the, the photo you posted was how fucking big is the thing? Cause like, I know you probably zoomed in on it, but it looks like it's no, like, it's like the regular bullet. Oh, okay. It looked yeah. fat as shit. And I was like, God, how, how much of Lemmy's ashes were there? <laughs> um, so it was just one of those things where, like I said, when, when I saw that, I was like, wow, that's, that's gotta be just kind of like a big mind fuck to like get something like that. Especially if you didn't know that you were getting oh my that. God. I, I, I had no idea. I remember I had heard like, oh, and he put some of his ashes. And I, I remember he was doing that. He that was Lemmy's requests, mm. you know, that he wanted to do something like that. And I always thought like, wow, that's kind of cool. But I, I and as close as we were, I mean, when he wanted to do his rockabilly thing and play with you know slim jim i i found a little club that we could do it at i mean he was just always just such a good guy and um and and then so i really but i i didn't think that i would be one of the ones that would be that honored to get one and and to me it you know it's it's so it's so flattering and so powerful and uh it's it's just it's my most prized possession hmm. Um, I mean, I guess that'll be an interesting thing maybe to talk about eventually on the ball, maybe where you're going to play, um, some motorhead songs. I'm sure eventually Well, I will tell you this, I, I recorded, I filmed the last segment. Mm. Oh, I don't want to give it away. Let's <laughs> say this, okay. Let's just say this in my entire time on the first t-shirt I ever wore in headbangers ball motorhead. Mm -hmm. Uh, the only video that I ever got to pick on headbangers ball in five years was motorhead so now when i'm doing a show called the ball and they're like what do you want to play you know i'm playing <laughs> but i filmed it uh right before the day before i got that so i didn't make any references to the bullet at that time season two well i don't even know if there's a show number two right now there's show number one and just let's just see what happens after show number one fair enough um you know, this might sound like a, a weird question, but I know obviously over the decades, uh, obviously people have asked you, why don't you bring back Headbangers Ball? Why don't you bring back the show? And all that kind of, like you have control over it. I think, you know, Eddie um, Trump gets asked the same thing. Why don't you just bring back that metal show? And it's like, because we don't own the show. Uh, other Trump people own it. Eddie, Eddie Trunk is like, like Eddie is a journalist. He's a reporter. He's, you know, very, very professional. He's tied in with the business. You know, he still works it. He's over at Sirius. He's got all these things he's hosting. You know, I just got a notice today. He's hosting a, I don't remember, some sort of rock thing. Yeah. Um, so he's very, I'm kind of like, you know, Ricky the dirt bag. <laughs> you know, and that's, you know, I don't have a team. Right. Um, so it wasn't for lack of, it was just like, you know, I don't make press kits and go pitch to all the networks. Hi, I'm Ricky Rackman. Now I'm going to do the headbangers ball again. You know, as much as everybody used to say every single day, bring back the ball, which is odd that they would say, bring back the ball because the show is called headbangers ball. And now I'm doing a show called the ball, but it's not the headbangers ball. It's like, Oh, you're going to bring back the ball. No, I'm going to give you headbangers ball, which is quite different than headbangers. I'm giving you the ball, which is quite, <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about. Right. Anyway, I always wanted to do it. This is, this is great because this is something that I've wanted to do and I'm doing it. And the premise of this show is I want to do it because I want to have fun. That's it. That's that. There is no motives of, of me getting money or me getting 
famous or me getting out there again. I mean, I never <laughs> went. Away, first of all, the no. reason I'm doing it is because I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. I think the thing that's interesting about it and it's something, you know, like I am on another podcast with my co-host where basically we go through and listen to bands discographies and, and kind of go album by album and talk about them. And a lot of the records I've had to listen to this year since joining are bands. I don't really give a shit about and genres. I don't like, um, you know, like having to listen to, you know, death metal and black metal and at times grind metal and stuff like that. And it's just like, it's easy for me not to to find and just go, I don't like it because of this. This is why I don't like it. So what I've tried to do is have the approach of, I want to make sure that I'm trying to find things in it that I do like, because it's easy for me to write something off and people who love, and this is someone's favorite band probably. So I don't want to just negate their, negate their experiences or the things they like. And what's been interesting and I found though is, you know, there have been some people when, you know, talking about Entombed or whatever, and I'm like, oh, you know, this record was kind of cool, but I kind of liked when it started shifting a little bit more toward, you know, this kind of more mainstream metal. <laughs> and then you get the elitists who are like, well, actually, this is, you know, pre-blackened death or, you know, you kind of get into these this elitist mentality. Oh, yeah. Um, how do you think it will be? To, because I know you're trying to bridge the gap of the, the dem demographic roughly you had and a newer audience, how hard do you think it's going to be now that there is so much separation within the metal scene to bridge the gaps and bring people I, together? I think the biggest, the biggest separation is the people that, and, and please understand, you know, when I helped come up with the music for the show, it is not the cat house. If it was mm -hmm. the cat house, it would be faster pussycat and LA guns and junkyard and jet boy. And it would be, you know, Hanoi rocks and all those bands. This isn't that show. This is <laughs> the ball. And when I want to do a show called the ball, I want to do aggressive videos. I want to do some heavy stuff. I want to do stuff. And that's not to say that those bands don't belong. I mean, if this show, if this show was five hours long, believe me, I would have put Skid Row Slave to the Grind because I freaking mm. love that song. That's heavy and I love it, but it's not that show. Right. And, and I've only got this short amount of time. So rather than me worrying about trying to please everybody, I'm like, okay, here's the deal. This is going to be some fast stuff. It's going to be some aggressive stuff. There's going to be some songs you definitely know. One song is a was a massive hit that you might even be sick of hearing, but I'm going to throw that in right into something new, right into something old. I mean, you know, my goal is that, you know, people would stop me all the time and say, dude, you turned me on to Pantera. You turned me on to this. I want somebody my age to say, dude, you turned me on to Power Trip. You know, mm -hmm. I want that kind of stuff to happen as much as I want a kid to come up to me and say, oh, my God, I, you know, I was I wasn't really that into Death Angel or Exodus. So I, I want I just, you know, you you can't sit here and say, you know, that's so bad that you didn't spend time playing a, you know, name, whatever, 80s or Guns N' Roses. You know, why didn't you play Guns N' Roses? That's your favorite band and that's your this and you love this. Why don't you play that? It's like because it's not that show. This is a little more outlaw. This is a little more underground. You know, I only say the word heavy music. I don't say metal. There was a show called That Metal Show. And I would say that the songs that we're playing are very different than the songs that he played. And his show will get 10 times more viewers than the ball will because he's he'll play something from Motley Crue and Bon Jovi 
when maybe I wouldn't on the ball. Mm. <clears throat> you know, you, you mentioned a band like power trip and you know, God, what a, what a tragedy, you know, another one with Riley passing. Um, and it really sucked. You know, it was cool to see body count win the Grammy. It would have been cooler if it was the track that had Riley on it. Um, yes. I mean, but I think, you know, ice, uh, I don't think he necessarily mentioned Riley in his acceptance speech, but I know on Twitter, he basically was like, you know, this one kind of goes to Riley as well. Um, what are some kind of, what are some of the newer bands that have you excited about, you know, heavier music? I love getting into something that I hate at first and then <laughs> like it. Like for me, I think a lot of the mute new bands are, I'll tell you right now, women are killing it in heavy mm. music. Ginger. Women are just exactly, you know, and, and some of the stuff like the first time that I saw Wargasm, I'm like, okay, I really hate this. This is everything. <laughs> this to me looks like packaged silliness. And then I'm like, okay, this song, okay. Or, or like spirit box, you know, like what, what is this? This is very electronic. This is, you know, and then maybe I'll listen to a little bit more pupil splicer. Some, some of the newer stuff um, that I'm just sort of getting into. And I'm not saying that I'm an old school fan of that. You know, I do love code orange. I wish we were playing code orange video on this show because that's a band that, you know, when they did the mud bangers ball and they did their live performance, they asked me to host it. Right. And that, that, that meant a lot. Because I, I like Code Orange, but, um, you know, they, they went for me. And that, that was very, very flattering. Uh, there is newer bands that, you know, for me, sometimes I'll say, oh, yeah, I love this band. They're new. And they're like, yeah, they're, they've been around for 15 years. I'm like, hey, it's brand new to me. You know, right. I think there, I think there's, I think there's great stuff that you can find. And as an example, if you want to hear something that reminds you of an old school thrash band, you get power trip because power trip reminds me of a little bit of, you know, maybe a little prong, maybe a little Pantera, just a lot of thrash. And, and I mean, of the genres that I like a lot, I like thrash. I, I, I do, but that's not to say that I don't like Cinderella, you know, <laughs> and you can like both, or maybe you can't, but I do, but they're not going to be on the ball. Not this. Right. Maybe I'll do another show one day. Maybe I'll do a show that's cat house music. And maybe I'll do a show that's all old school, but I've got a small amount of time. And the other thing you had to remember is we made sure and, and give me metal and, and not fest did such a good job with this. They made sure that these were videos that we could get licensed to play because I don't want to put the show out there and find out that they took it down. Right. So while, when I said, Hey, let's get this thing by, you know, maiden, it's like, we couldn't get it or people don't have masters. But we still got good. We got good video. I'm happy with the videos we have. What um, in the day and age where it seems like kind of the playlist and and tastemakers are kind of king right now, has there been thoughts uh, to do like your own curated, you know, maybe monthly Spotify playlist or something? Um, I'm more influenza than influencer. <laughs> um, I'm, I just think I'm gonna use that if somebody hasn't already. I think if people listen to Ricky Rackman's playlist, they would be quite surprised because as much as I do love my punk rock, because that's where I came from, but I also love my Shooter Jennings and Dale Watson. And I also listen to some, you know, obscure bands. I, I listen to everything, you know, I'm um, not to say that I, I mean, I, I, I don't like Machine Gun Kelly very much, <laughs> but I don't hate Youngblood. <laughs> I mean, same. Uh-huh. 
I said same. I, I want to hate him. I want to hate him so. You want to hate Youngblood? I want to hate him. Oh my god! Did you see that video he just did with uh, Avril Lavigne where he played with her and did some of her covers? No. She can really sing. I know, and she, and here's I mean, this is kind of the music nerd in me coming out. Yeah, that everybody was, don't, listen was, to, don't listen to this part, okay? We're gonna have fun right now. That was the I if I'm if I read correctly, that's the first time she's played it in key in that in the key it was actually written in in like I am a decade. Not, I am not an Avril Lavigne fan. Not when I heard her and Young Blood doing that song, yeah. I was like, oh this girl, like, she was really good. I know that somebody's going to take this little snip and say, Ricky Ragman's big Avril Lavigne. <laughs> you know, whatever. But I'm I'm telling you, you know, I don't care who you are. You can appreciate talent. And, that, yeah. and they did that song, and I was like, that's really good. However, it won't be on the ball. No. <laughs> I heard her do Chop Suey one time, mm -hmm. and it was one of the worst things I've ever heard. But as far as her doing that song, wow, she nailed it. She was really, really good. Yeah, it was... I mean, I, I love kind of everything as well. And Youngblood was someone that kind of came on my radar through going to cover some of the festivals here in the States, the Danny Wimmer stuff and him and like action Bronson and a few others, like a few years ago who were kind of underground at the time in the rock world. Um, and, you know, now you see Youngblood with bring me who are arguably one of the bigger rock bands at this point internationally. And they put on a show, which yeah. is good. That's yeah. why I like, you know, I saw Bring Me the Horizon at one of Danny's festivals. And I stood there and I was like, okay, there's girls with gas masks. There's dancing. I'm like, flamethrowers. <laughs> you know, I love, you know, I love the Motley Crue Girls, Girls, Girls Tour because there were lights and there were dancing girls and there were pyro. And as much as I like a lot of my heavy bands that just sit up there and just grind, it's like sometimes I like to see a show. Right. Yeah, it's always great when you see a band reinvest back into their show and supporting the younger bands. I think a date remembers another great one who puts the ladder down, as Josta likes to, to say, like putting the ladder down to the younger bands and, and bringing the scene up with them. Um, I know you got to go in a couple of minutes, so I'll, I'll wrap up with this question. Obviously, you've uh, been in the industry for quite a while and kind of in, in a few different mediums. Who is someone you still want to interview and or just talk to that you have not gotten to yet so far? Oh God, I know what the answer is because I said it to somebody because I remember for the longest time I had a list of the people that I always wanted to interview. And for the longest time, the person that I never got to interview was um, Evil Knievel. Mm. And I did get to interview Evil Knievel. And I was, I, here, check this out. <laughs> I was the last person to interview Burt Reynolds. Oh, wow. So as far as anybody in music, um, I've never met anybody in the Rolling Stones. Mm. I think to talk to Mick or Keith would obviously be ideal. Other than that, I think um, I'm, I'm not a Beatles fan, but I like Wings. I like Paul McCartney and Wings. I, I think people that are like legendary masters just fascinate me. You know, when I met Brian Johnson of ACDC, he was he was so kind and so cool. And, you know, it's it's the people that are the the... the like there's people that are like kind of big and they're kind of dicks. And then you get like a Ronnie James Dio, Alice Cooper, Rob Halford, people like that, that are just so such good people. And, um, but I can't, I can't think, I mean, to be honest, I don't know if there's on my bucket list. It was always like evil Knievel and Muhammad Ali. And I never got to meet Muhammad Ali because I interview everybody on podcasts. I've, I've interviewed everybody. Right. But, Try, and I'm sure I'll get off here thinking of something. <laughs> I'd say, oh, why didn't I say this person? But as far as music, 
you know, I'm, I'm very blessed in the way that I've gotten to interview pretty much everybody that I've wanted to interview. And sometimes there's bands that I go see that I get to talk to and I'm just like a fan. And, and those might not even be bands that are very big, hmm. but I don't, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Fair enough. Well, I know uh, you got to go. You probably got a few more of these after me. So uh, I could talk to you for a lot longer about a lot of other. I got, I got like five more minutes. We're good. Unless you want to go, unless you made no, that. I, I literally have nothing to do. It's just, I know they said it, it was a tight 25 and I'm at 24 and a half minutes right now. So um, I say a lot. <laughs> your, I your, 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 <laughs> um, you know, so the, you know, I was in watching Scott Bowling's thing. Uh, you were talking about how, you know, you, you love music, but you're not a, you're not a musician. You love NASCAR. You're not a driver. Good. But I do have guitars now and I'm trying to learn. Okay. I was going to say, you know, it's one of those things where you have these opportunities, uh, obviously to, with friends you've made over the years and so forth. What has kind of stopped you from novice, novicely is not a word, but novicely uh, entering into these things and, and trying to just, do these things because I've you have the opportunity I've to done, I've done everything I wanted to do novice. I mean, I recorded a song um about three days ago that's gonna be on punk rock karaoke. Mm. I recorded a song with Fred that plays in prong that you can find on YouTube. We both do the song so far away. Um I was in a band called Battery Club and you can find me doing certain things online once in a while and back in the 80s I was in a band called Virgin and there's a video of me getting up on stage and Vince Neil singing with me. As so so do I want to record an album? Yeah, I really do. I really do. I want to record a song a record. I and I've got musicians that are ready to do it, but it's just I've been so damn busy. I don't have any time to do anything, but more than anything. And now that I'm really up there in age, it's like, I better do it. Like more than anything, I would love to record like five songs and put them out. And it probably wouldn't be what everybody thinks it's going to be. Cause I, why should. do I feel like it would be a shooter Jennings or kind of outlaw country kind of thing? No, it'd be more like, well, I'd probably do, you know, me and me and shooter did a duet of, I ain't no nice guy after all. Once at the whiskey, the, the motorhead song. I think if I was going to do my own record, it would be uh, hard. I don't know. I can't explain. I mean, my band Battery Club, I really, really like. The songs that I've done, which, you know, I love bands like Agent Orange and TSOL and the Adolescents and stuff like that. But it might be like maybe TSOL meets the replacements with a little bit of distortion and dwarves in there. I don't know. I'm making stuff up or it could sound like Avril Lavigne and Youngblood. I have no idea. <laughs> Which one would you be, Avril Lavigne or Youngblood? Um, they're both so pretty. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um this has been a lot of fun. Obviously, uh, I'm sure you hear this all the time. Uh, you know, I'm in my mid thirties at this point, actually I'm closer to 40 now. Um, but it's one of those things where you were a part of my childhood because my parents constantly had MTV on and I, I am, you know, a lot of people say they're a product of the MTV generation. And when I, you know, if you, anyone who ever checked out the episode I did with Scott bowling, you know, I said that, you know, that's where I got my love of nineties, hip hop, nineties, R and B, the, you know, metal that was coming on alternative because you had those blocks set aside on the show on, on MTV as a channel. So you got to learn about a lot of different styles of music and, you know, metal and hard rock were kind of the, the one bonding thing that my dad and I had because my mom wasn't super into it, but you know, then as 
more of my metal, we'll say, kind of started coming through with like the corns, the Panteras and so forth. It became a thing where, you know, my dad and I bonded and started going to shows. And instead of going to see like bands of his eras, we started going to see bands that I wanted to see, you know, seeing the stains, the corns, the system of the downs and so forth. And um, it's one of those things where I know had it not been for a show like Headbangers Ball, um, I don't really know that I would have gotten into that or had as much of a bond with my dad as I do over music. I'm very lucky. I was, you know, I did not come up with the headbangers ball. I did not pick the videos. I was not the one that said where we're going to go. And as much as we all like to crap on MTV, they did a damn good job. And they gave me a platform that I did not appreciate where I was at that time. I remember I'm just a guy from Hollywood, the cat house. Right. I, was, I wasn't trying to be a TV star and I didn't understand what it was like to have people ask for your autographs everywhere in the world. Um, they don't anymore. And uh, it it was it was very bizarre. And for a while after the Headbangers Ball ended, it was just like, hey, you're Ricky Ragman from the Headbangers Ball. And it was like, yeah, because after a while, it's like that's my last name was the Headbangers Ball, you know, <laughs> and, and people don't realize, you know, how much I've been working in all these different other places, always working. I mean, I've got so many jobs now. But people only know from something that ended 20 years ago, you know, but now I, I appreciate it. I champion it. And like I said, the reason that I'm doing the headbangers ball is not straight money and it's not to get some fame. It's because I want to do it. I really, I want to go up there and play heavy music and that's what I want to do. And I hope people enjoy it. Um, yes. Are there some bands that we could have also put in there and, and, and widened the, the, uh, thing of music. Yeah, we could have, but this is what we were able to get. I, I, I can tell you right now, I'm very proud of, of the show. Mm-hmm. I really am. I don't know what Gimme Metal's going to say when they see the video. Say, I mean, <laughs> I'll say one thing. Um, one band, I have one guest. Dolph Ziggler. That's okay. That he's Dolph Ziggler is, <laughs> did I tell you that? How did I do you, that? You made a post about the photo of uh, Daniel Bryan and, uh, Ryan Nemeth or Nick Nemeth, uh, right. real name. Um, and you go, one of these people is going to be a guest to, or a guest. Uh, <laughs> the other one's wearing their dad's blazer or something like that. I love wrestling. Okay. I ain't going to lie. I love, I love wrestling. It's so and, good. Um, and when Dolph Ziggler's wearing a cat house shirt or when Kazarian's wearing a headbangers ball shirt, you know, that stuff's bitching. <laughs> so, um, so Ziggler loves, he, he, unapologetically he loves his metal so i'm like dude you get to pick a video and you get to intro that video so that would be why we're playing that video on the show which would be the biggest of any of the songs that we're playing and he was he was just so cool and i just said here make a video and send it to me and that's what he did and that's going to be in the ball so you know stuff like that it's just like, I, you know, they just said, just take your phone and intro the videos. I'm like, okay, well, obviously I can't do that. You know that somehow I'm going to find a way to put in a band, <laughs> put in my motorcycle, put in my girlfriend and put in wrestling. And I did all that. Right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. It was uh, truly an honor getting to talk to you. And uh, anytime you have something you want to promote or just bullshit, I'd love to talk about Youngblood. And thank you. maybe we'll talk about Kelly Clarkson next time or something. Uh, I'm going to have to pass on that one. Hey, she did a really phenomenal cover with Steel Panther Dudes way back in the day. So I'll take your, I'll take your word on that. Fair enough. Enjoy the rest of your day and uh, talk soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Yeah, thank you.
That was fun. So that was my conversation with Ricky Rackman, current host of The Ball. I got to say, uh, Ricky has been on the Talk To Me podcast, uh, Good Company With Bowling, and everybody uh, that he has been on their show, everybody has had nothing but great things to say about Ricky. Um, and I definitely will echo those I will definitely echo those sentiments. Um, as you heard, I tried ending the episode a couple of times uh, and Ricky was like, I, I still have time as well. Uh, so if you're not trying to kick me off your show, then I definitely have time to give to you. Um, and after we were done with what you heard, we talked for another 10, 15 minutes. Um, and it was one of those things where, you know, he definitely lived up to the expectations of what everyone has said he is, which is a, a, consummate professional and uh, someone who gives a fuck about what they're doing and just gives you the time. Um, he's got great stories. I would love to have him on at any time he wants to come on, whether it's to talk about NASCAR, which is honestly something I'm not super passionate about, but like I have a feeling that dude can talk to me about NASCAR in a way that will make me interested the way nobody else could ever do it. Um, I'm sure he has stories of linking NASCAR drivers to the metal world and, and just kind of seeing how those things pan out. But um, it was kind of surreal. Uh, somebody, as you heard me say at the end, somebody who was a part of my childhood and getting me into metal bands and, and all kinds of metal. Um, like I think a lot of us who are listening to this show are and have been. Um this is one of those that was a very surreal experience. Like talking to my dad before I was doing this interview, he was like, you know, this is crazy. What are you going to talk to him about? And I was like, kind of, here's where I'm at. But like, um, you know, he's a big part of the two of us kind of melding together and, and our love of metal, um, branching together. My dad's love of metal that, which included like iron maiden, thin Lizzie, you know, motorhead, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And then kind of bringing in, you know, the metal that was, you know, Dan and I's youth. Um, yeah. Your, your corn and, you know, because back then we called it metal. Yeah. And it, it's just one of those things where it's really surreal to, to be at this level where we're getting to have Ricky come on, you know, this show and just kind of be like, yo, like, I'm not going to say we're equals, but like we're at a level where like we can get Ricky on and just kind of talk about the experience of, being an ambassador for this music that we all love. And and that's a fucking trip. Um, I know Dan uh, very recently as of when we're recording, uh, he is coming off of the heels of uh, being the, the Q and a, uh, I don't want to call it a maestro. I don't necessarily know what you want to call it. <laughs> I wouldn't say maestro. Uh, so living sacrifice uh, just released a, documentary it was a live stream event uh that you could watch this past weekend as of when we're recording this and um yeah they had a they, they hosted so it was a 30 year anniversary documentary uh which went through the whole history of the band which was super cool i watched it two or three times <laughs> and uh it was really great and it's like two full hours but it's if, you, if you're into living sacrifice it's cool but then i was uh i was honored actually to be asked to do to uh host the uh well, I didn't really host, but moderate the live streaming event uh, afterwards, which was a live Q&A session Zoom call um, where, you know, watchers and listeners were able to ask the band questions in real time. 
so I got to kind of facilitate that. And it was super fun. It was super stressful, but it was fun. Uh, my internet went down halfway through it, but thankfully I had Joe, my co-host on discography discussion there. And uh, without missing a beat, I sent him a message saying my internet went down. There's nothing I can do. And he just jumped right in and, and kept kept it going. Um, and then I, I, you know, I magically reappeared a couple of minutes later. Yeah, I definitely think uh, this past week for us has been ensconced in nostalgia, um, being fans of what we love, which is metal. Um, so this is just a really cool experience for the two of us. Like, you know, I obviously haven't gotten to experience like what you did with hosting, basically, you know, a band's uh, nostalgia trip, you know, going through a, a career retrospective documentary and so forth. But, you know, getting to talk with Ricky, I feel like was kind of that experience for me uh, for the show. So a lot of the cool things that have been happening for Dan and I over the last week of uh, us recording this up podcast. So I don't think uh, the Living Sacrifice uh, documentary is up anymore. I know they pushed it back another 24 hours, but I think by the time you hear this, uh, it's already going to be over. Um, so if you did not catch it, I'm sorry. Um, if you did and you finally got to catch uh, Dan doing the live Q&A, well, props to you. You got to see history in the making. Yeah, I mean, it, it was really cool. It, unfortunately, yeah, it's not. There, there's some sort of hang up as far as them not being able to release it on DVD right now. Um, I don't know if it's an ownership thing. Uh, a guy named uh, David Lipke is, is the make the filmmaker. Uh, so I'm thinking about actually pulling him on to discuss metal and kind of talking about that uh, at some point, um, just to kind of get a better idea. But yeah, it was it was definitely cool. Um, my only regret is I wish I had recorded the live Q and a session, um, for them to release, you know, in whatever form that they want to release it. Um, I think that would, that would be super cool, but, um, unfortunately we just didn't, it was a zoom call and, and, and it was one of those things where you just had to be there. I, I hate to, I hate for it to sound super elitist like that, but it, it is just one of those, like, it was a lot of fun. A lot of good questions got answered. I mean, we had, we had a lot of people on there. Um, it wasn't just the band. Like, I mean, it was like, but we had, uh, we had Ryan Downey, uh, on there and, uh, Roy Culver who did, uh, A&R for, for tooth and nail and solid state for a long time. I think he, he did some, st- he he's, he's gone on to even bigger, better things since then. So it was cool having him on. Um, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but Rocky, the guitar player from living sacrifice was the drummer for, Ev- uh, for Evanescence, uh, during their, during their popular years. Um, Jason Truby, who was, uh, who was in POD, uh, he was actually on the call for a little bit, but his internet also gave out. We, we had a lot of storms. <laughs> uh, and so so any of us any of us that were like in the storm area <laughs> like together uh exper- experienced uh you know intermittent uh internet problems uh but yeah we did have jason truby for a whole two minutes <laughs> at the beginning <laughs> uh so that was that was super cool but yeah man like it, it was a really really fun experience and um i'd love to do something like that again some other time uh you know with another band or i, I mean i'd do it with them too yeah i definitely think uh there's a lot of cool avenues uh, that you potentially opened up for either discography discussion or maybe something over to here uh, with a band that makes sense. Um, and speaking of kind of making sense, uh, you know, I kind of want to wrap up this episode just because, uh, you know, it's, it was kind of a little bit longer and I don't necessarily want to take up more time than we need to uh, with this one. So if you would like to follow Ricky Rackman, uh, it's, pretty easy um you can find him on facebook at ricky rackman 
Instagram at Ricky Rackman and uh, Twitter at Ricky Rackman. Uh, if you would also like to listen to his other podcasts, he has the Cat House Hollywood podcast and the Triple R podcast. There's a few other podcasts he does as well. Um, just basically search out his name. You'll find those. He is host of The Ball. And as you heard him say uh, toward the end of this conversation, uh, he only recorded the one episode. There's no future necessarily with the ball uh, beyond this one episode. Hopefully it does well enough that there will be more uh, that Gimme Metal Radio will basically continue this this uh, series. Um, but download the app, check out the episode, um, go back through his socials. Again, you just heard me say them. Um, and you can check him out doing kind of a live uh, feed uh, basically of him watching uh, the episode he did. Um, I'm hoping this turns into a series. I would love to see Ricky basically coming back and hosting a metal show uh, with videos. Like I think for most of us, he is kind of the person, the voice, the face of that. When we think of it, Um, I know Josta, which basically took over after he was done, uh, said that Ricky needs to be the host. I know that obviously Ricky has been wanting to do it. He's, he, has found a new love and appreciation for this. So like, I would love to see him be the one that continues the ball headbangers ball, whatever moving forward. So um, here's to hoping that the ball exists moving forward. And uh, maybe we get him back on down the road when the ball's in it's, you know, second season or whatever, or whatever iteration that these episodes drop. But uh, yeah, definitely was a great episode. You know, one of those bucket list guests for me that, like, if you were to tell me five years ago, I would be talking to the godfather of basically this shit. Um, I would have told you you're fucking lying. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I had had actually um, forgotten that you'd talk to him. So, whenever I went in to listen to, you know, I was like, okay, what what interviews are we, you know, getting into this week? And listen, I was like, oh, sweet. So, like, yeah, I was, I was actually, this is one of the ones where I was actually kind of disappointed. Um, I, I was actually a little on the disappointed side that it w- wasn't longer, but it, it went longer than it should have, which was great. Very true. I definitely think we can get Ricky back on down the road and uh, continue success uh, for the ball. I already plugged where Ricky can be found. Dan's on the internet too, and uh, he does a lot of shit. So where can Dan be found on the internet? Uh, well, you can find my other 5,000 podcasts at discussmetal.com. Uh, if you're looking for me personally, um, you know you you need to uh, you need to join my Patreon and then uh, pay me on Cameo. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't know who would do something like that, but um, yeah, you can find me on Facebook under Daniel Terry, just plain old Daniel Terry. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Discuss Metal Dan. Uh, you can send me an email at uh, Discuss Metal Dan at Gmail dot com. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of all over the place. I'm, I'm on your favorite band's live Q and a session, you know, <laughs> very jealous of that. Um, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite bands over on discography discussion here pretty soon. So I'm excited about that. And, uh, for the brutally speaking podcast, if you want to find us, you can find us at the limit, Bruce, we pod.com. It takes you everywhere. We are online. 
Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all those things. Um, you obviously heard our sponsors at the beginning. Run down them real fast. Rockabilia.com. Use our code BREW. Get 10% off your total purchase order. On Point Palmade, use our code BSP15. Take 15% off your total purchase order. And The Bean Bastard. Go to TheBeanBastard.com. Go buy some delicious coffee for the Brutally Speaking Podcast. I am John. And I am Dan. And we'll talk to you all next week. We'll talk to y'all next week when we have Austin Mead on our podcast. Bum, bum, bum.